0: We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast.
1: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast, episode 112. I'm your host, Chris Webster, flying solo today. This will be a short episode because I'm talking all about the new products from Apple released in September of 2019. Let's get to it. All right, everybody, as I mentioned, Paul couldn't be on today. This is kind of a slammed in episode because Apple always releases their September announcement when I'm doing the Reno Air Races. And if you don't know what the Reno Air Races is, because why would you? Uh, It's a... Air racing thing where you got six planes flying around pylons. It's pretty amazing bunch of different types of classes But anyway, i'm in the civil air patrol and we do our fundraiser there every year and it's our most uh, It's our major fundraiser. Actually, we didn't do too well this year We only made about three thousand dollars for the squadron. We usually make about five Uh, We're not sure why we're looking at our metrics right now But anyway, right in the middle of that was the apple announcement (laughs) so I tried to watch it and uh, take some notes because I know a lot of companies and a lot of individuals will default to Apple products, probably because of the tough nature of some of those products, because they are steel and they're not plastic. Um, they're Well, they're metal anyway, of some sort, and they're not plastic. Glass screens are better, you know, all those sorts of things. So I'm not favoring something over another, but Apple did just have this announcement. So here we go. I'm actually sitting here looking at a pretty nice little Galaxy uh, or sorry, a Samsung Note uh, right in front of me. Anyway, let's get to it. So, the three big product lines they released on were watch, phone, and iPad. So, let's talk about the watch first. The Series 5 is out. They've released a new one uh, about every year since they released them. Uh, And so, that would be the Series 5. And each time, they add, incrementally, uh, little things. Well, the Series 5 itself... (laughs) While well, they always get longer battery life and other little incremental upgrades like the processor, things like that, um, There's, there seems to have always been one little thing that they add in there that the others didn't have, which forces you to buy it (laughs) but that depends so now they have a dedicated gps which gives it a dedicated compass as well which i think is pretty cool for um for apple watch use because a lot of times when you're out doing survey you're walking around um you've got your phone in your pocket maybe you don't you're not one of the ones that was given a trimble or another gps and maybe you don't want to pull your compass out but you've got your watch it's got an 18 hour um, all day battery life always on display for the series five anyway and you just bring it up bam it shows you your compass heading. Shows you where you're going. Uh, And it's calibrated to know where your wrist is pointed as well. You know, so it's going to show you um, uh, the true compass heading uh, based on what it's seeing. So anyway, one of the cool things is this is the first device ever where Apple has divorced the GPS antenna from the cellular antenna. What I mean by that is um, this used to only really be an option for iPads, really iPad minis as well, full size iPads and iPad minis. But I say iPad minis because that's what I've mostly used in the field. But basically, if you wanted to get GPS, uh, the GPS chip or antenna um, on your device, your iPad or your iPad mini, you had to get the cellular enabled version. And that's still true for the iPad. So, however, you don't have to activate the cellular antenna. You just have to get the cellular version to get the GPS antenna. I did that for a project I was on about five years ago or four years ago, I guess. And I bought all cellular-enabled tablets but didn't have a single data plan on any of them because the GPS antenna still worked. It just didn't come with one unless I bought that. But now the Series 5 watch has an option, their low-end option. I say low-end. There's only two. So there's the, the GPS or the not, or the cellular. And you can get the GPS-enabled watch um, without the cellular. So that is pretty cool because I'll tell you what. One of the series that I had for the watch, I think it was two, two watches ago, when they came out with the cell antenna, I got it. It was an extra 10 bucks on my data plan to add it to my iPhone. And I used it maybe once. I broke my phone one time and I had to use the watch um, pretty extensively for about two days. (laughs) But other than that, I always had my uh, phone on me. So I, I really never had to use the cellular aspect of it and really cellular data. And I think That's really for people who might go jogging a lot and they don't bring their phone or they don't want to bring their phone or if you're out where in a circumstance where you don't have your phone. But to be honest, I was never in those circumstances. I I pretty much always had it. So let's take a look. Uh, There's a couple other things that the uh, new watch OS uh, is OS 6, uh, which is weird. There's Series 5, but OS 6. A couple things they added that are pretty cool is a decibel meter. I've been playing with that on my Series 4 today. Uh, Because I just installed, as I'm recording this, on September 20th, um, I just uh, installed it last night. That's why I'm a little late on this podcast, because I knew the software was coming out and I wanted to install iOS 13 on my iPhone 10 and then watchOS 6 on my watch so I could really talk about them. But the decibel meter is pretty cool. They've got a new watch face that shows you constantly what the decibels are. I haven't played around with the battery life on that because I just turned it on this morning. But I would imagine it's if it's always listening or maybe it's just listening when your um wrist is raised and you can see the screen but if it they do have a setting where it will warn you if you're in it like it'll tap you if you're in a um, dangerous noise environment so uh yeah anyway the um decibel meter is pretty cool i know we're often especially monitoring out in situations where we're like ah do i need hearing protection well you can turn this on and and you can see that um and there's If you don't have a watch, don't worry about it, because there's plenty of decibel meters for phones, too. But you got to be careful, uh, because if you put a case on it, it could alter the the sound that's coming into that decibel meter. If your microphone is covered or even blocked in any way, Um, your ears aren't. You know, yours are wide open (laughs) out there. So keep that in mind. Uh, So some other things on the watch. It's got emergency dialing, which is supposed to work way better than it did before. Let's see. The new watch series, the watch series three, they always get rid of the one just before this one, but then keep the one two back. You can get for 200 bucks. So if you want to get into the watch game uh, and you're not in it yet uh, for $199 uh, at the low end model, you can get the watch series three, which is pretty cool. But the watch with GPS starts at 399 and then the cellular version starts at 499 They got a bunch of new bands, uh, all kinds of new little things. So that is the watch. Uh, oh, for uh, women out there, They've got this new cycle tracking thing too. I don't know anything about it I haven't turned it on yet, and obviously I'm not going to be able to track my cycle but um, apparently looking at all the reviews, um, people like it and it's accurate and does what it's supposed to do so okay let's move on to we'll we'll save the iPhone for last Let's move on to iPad because that's a really quick one so they released sort of a unstellar iPad. <laughs> It's it's just the regular iPad. They've also got the iPad Air. They've got the iPad Pro and, and a couple other. The the 11-inch iPad Pro and the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And then, like I said, the iPad Air and then the iPad and the iPad Mini. Now, we didn't really talk about this too much on this show, but they released finally, after four years, uh, the iPad Mini 5, uh, which has pencil support, which is pretty great for sketching and drawing. Uh, and that came out... Um, uh, earlier this year so if you want to update your iPad minis because quite frankly if you're doing a lot of field work out there and you're doing using something like wildnote to record your uh, your textual and photographic data A lot of people think you need a full-size iPad and you really don't because they look at it and they say, well, this is the size of paper, so I may as well get this, but you really don't, you know, think differently. And the iPad mini is great for this. Honestly, the iPhone is even better. Um, If you're doing a lot of heavy sketching, like if you're out on an excavation and you're sketching unit profiles and plan views and maybe the entire excavation or something like that a lot, then you're going to want a bigger iPad with the pencil support so you can really get those sketches down in detail. And for you skeptics that are listening saying, you'll pry my regular graphite pencil out of my cold dead hands, <laughs> you really shouldn't say that until you've tried one of these things. Um, and if a lot a lot of complaints with, I, I guess, a stylus, for lack of a better word, this is really more than a stylus, but a lot of complaints are that like you don't get that tactile feedback. Well, I just saw and. I, I, if I can remember it, I'll put it in the show notes, but otherwise I just saw a screen protector offered that is supposed to mimic the feel of paper. So uh, it doesn't in- hinder the look of the screen at all. You can still see through it really well, but when you're drawing on it with a pencil, it's supposed to feel like paper. So that might, uh, that might help out. And even if you got to change your methodology a little bit, the the benefits you get from being able to isolate different lines and do different things, some stuff, stuff you simply just can't do with paper. So Okay, so anyway, the new iPad. Uh the kind of the crazy thing about this is the, the iPad mini started out at 399, the new one. But the new iPad released at 329. So for 330 bucks, you can get into a brand new iPad with pencil support. Now that's gonna be the low end one with thirty-two gigabyte hard drive, but honestly, if you're using it for work and you're dumping your stuff often and, and pushing things to the cloud, and then 32 gigabytes is all you need. Um, you can bump up one and spend a little bit more money, but for 330 bucks, you're going to save that amount of time by going digital. Uh, you're going to save the money to buy that iPad in a day, honestly a day, uh, maybe two days, <laughs> depending how much work you're doing. So, all right, let's take a quick break right now and we'll come back and finish up this discussion with the new iPhone 11s. off your first three months or go to z-e-n-c-a-s-t-r and use the code archaeotech that's a-r-c-h-a-e-o-t-e-c-h
0: you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
1: All right, welcome back to the Architect Podcast, episode 112. Chris Webster here flying solo today for this uh, iPhone and Apple announcement. As they're wont to do. They like to generate a lot of buzz. But anyway, so the new phone that was released this year was the iPhone 11. And before you rush out and buy it, because pre-orders went up last week and it's starting to ship today, September 20th as I'm recording this. Um, But before you rush out and buy it, look at the phone that you have. I have an iPhone 10. And every year up to the iPhone 10 for the last like three or four years before that, uh, I was upgrading every year. Partly so I could evaluate and report on it here at the Archaeology Podcast Network. But also for my own company, doing software development and just hardware experimentation, I needed to know what they were capable of. But to be honest, the iPhone X was a major upgrade from the iPhone 8, which was out before that, or the 8 Plus. And, I mean, they changed a lot of stuff about the iPhone X, which is why I got it. But then the iPhone um, XS and XS Max that came out last year were just the normal hardware and battery upgrades With a few extra things added in And then the iPhone 11 Is honestly more the same I mean they've got some pretty fancy cameras That's probably the biggest aspect of these that have changed But aside from that The, the hardware and the tech is pretty much the same With the, the usual upgrades So I'm sticking with my iPhone 10 For one more year I went out and bought a, uh, a battery case for it From Zero Lemon uh, It was 30 bucks for this 4,000 milliamp battery case Which is pretty great let me talk about that case real quick. If you're going to go check that out, it's definitely not waterproof, definitely not dustproof. So if you're going to take this into the field, I probably wouldn't unless you're working in a, you know, a pretty easy situation where none of those are going to happen. Um, but however, if you're just plugging it back, you know, taking your field case off and plugging this case back in at the end of the day, maybe when you get the truck or something like that, you'll have an extra 4,000 milliamps of battery power right in the case. And just for normal everyday use outside the field, it's an amazing case. It's really great. I've even dropped this a bunch of times and the little top pulls pops off sometimes, but aside from that, it's not broken and it's uh and it's working really well. So All right, back to the iPhone 11. So, uh they basically released uh three models, basically the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro, and the Pro Max. And the biggest differences between these are the cameras, the batteries, and the size. So, Um, the iPhone 11 pro is what, uh, most people are going to look at here. And let me just go straight into price. So if you don't have an iPhone to trade in, and I'm just on Apple's website, you basically build them. Now let's look at the iPhone 11 pro, which has the 5.8 inch display. Um, that starts at $999. Midnight green is a new color they've come out with, which is pretty awesome color. If you want the base model, that's 64 gigabyte hard drive, which to be honest, is not enough these days for people who use it a lot. I have the 256 on my iPhone 10, and I've never hit capacity. So the 256 is the next one up that jumps your price to 1149 And then if you want to go to the, the big daddy, this has more memory than my laptop does, but 512 gigabytes. Hell, my desktop that I'm recording this on my 27-inch iMac <laughs> only has one terabyte. And that's half of this phone, which is a little bit absurd. The other cool thing is you can choose your carrier right here on the screen from AT&T Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon, and those are all, again, it says 999 because that's what I've chosen, but you can get it unlocked and SIM free for the same price now. So if you want to go on a monthly plan, they're all $41.62 a month, but you can just buy it outright if you got $1,000, and it's unlocked and it's SIM free and you can put it on any network you want. So that is, uh, that's a pretty cool option. Before, it, it was really hard to, to, to actually do that. So anyway, let's talk about some features of the iPhone 11 Pro. It's just some of the basic stuff from the keynote. It's got Dolby Atmos audio, which it's really interesting that they say that because I'll tell you what, it doesn't sound like you're in a theater. Uh, It doesn't sound like you're wearing really awesome headphones. I mean, it might be, I think the Atmos just gives it that sort of surround sound effect, which my iPhone 10 has. And that does sound really cool, but I don't know. How often are you really concerned with high-quality audio and not wearing headphones? That's just my personal opinion there. Uh, speaking of headphones, in keeping with from the iPhone 10 up, this has no headphone jack. So if you are going to use headphones, they're going to be Bluetooth. Uh, now the cameras, dual camera on the iPhone 11 and three cameras basically on the iPhone 11 Pro model. So what they're adding is on the Pro, they add this telephoto that's pretty awesome um, and the macro lens, but they're... They're giving you the option to take, I think it's a 120 degree optical zoom out uh, for wide shots. So if you're just standing there and you flip to the wide camera, you, you get so much more screen real estate, which is pretty cool. If you're considering this for archeology span and looking at site overviews, because a lot of times you have to step way the hell outside the site boundary just to get the whole thing in there. But now you can actually stay closer and get more of the site in because of this wider field of view. Now, of course, that picture is going to be a little bit different. And you're going to have to figure out how you're going to put it on your photolog. log. But um, I think it's a good problem to have. And my God, we need to get away from the 4x3 photos. We're not shooting film anymore, people. Let's have photos that match the scene that we're taking and just have our photologs adapt. <laughs> that doesn't mean take portrait photos of landscape things, which I've also seen, which is terrible. Okay, so moving on to processor speed, it's the new A13 chip, super fast. They say it's the fastest CPU ever in a smartphone. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they say. So faster is better. But like everything, uh, just because they made it faster doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to run faster because software developers are always pushing the limits with whatever chip they have. So it, it might be faster, but it's just capable of doing more things and probably more things at one time. If you're, if you're not upgrading anything, you might notice an increase in speed. But in reality, you're probably just going to notice an increase in app functionality and things like that. Battery life, one hour more than the iPhone 10 XR, uh, which is pretty great because this is a huge phone with sucking up a lot of resources, and yet they increase the battery life. The phone itself is water and dust resistant without a case. That's been true since at least the iPhone 10, But it's even better now. Faster face ID, which I got to tell you, Mine is pretty quick. I have the face ID on my iPhone 10 and it's super fast. I mean, the minute I look at it, the thing unlocks and the minute my wife picks up my phone and wants to unlock my phone, she just holds it in front of my face for a second (laughs) and it unlocks, really just kind of passes it in front of my face while we're driving and uh, then it unlocks. The uh, screen has uh, on the iPhone 11 Pro is an oleophobic coating, which means it's supposed to resist um, things like fingerprints and and uh, other stuff. So they've been making those claims for a long time uh, with different screens. But, you know, maybe this one's even better. 2 million to 1 contrast contrast ratio in the iPhone 11 Pro, which makes the um, the blacks black and the whites white, uh, it makes it easier to see. The display is what they're calling a Super Retina XDR, which is just a, a high-resolution, um, super bright display, which is great for working outside in bright sunlight. Um, they've got machine learning performance, low battery usage, uh, 8.5 billion transistors on that chip, and the battery lasts five hours longer than your standard iPhone. So, your standard one that most people have today—that's what they're saying. I don't know what that means. Again, three cameras, including the ultra wide, uh, ultra wide, um, toughest glass on a smartphone. Just running through my notes here, and starting at nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Now, if you want to go nuts on this thing, let me go to the uh, to the Apple website, and if I choose iPhone 11 Pro Max, that starts at ten ninety-nine because it's the bigger the bigger one. Uh, space gray, midnight green, those two midnight green, and the five hundred and twelve gigabyte. Uh, memory capacity on that thing, $60 and 37 cents a month. If I'm going to go with one of the carriers um, for a total of $1,449, that's a lot of money, but we are getting kind of to the point where uh, a phone like this can be your only device, especially as a traveling field tech. Uh, if you want to just pull out the laptop for certain things, that's fine. But I mean, honestly, you can do probably most of what you're going to do on the phone. I mean, how many people are sitting there with their phone right now listening to this podcast? And if it's not sitting in your hands and on, it's probably nearby and you use it for lots of different things. So when you're considering that, you know, we don't we don't bat an eye at dropping fifteen hundred on a good laptop. Right. Um, And I understand we get a lot more for that, but we don't bat an eye at it because we're used to that type of computing costing that much. Now, I know there's people out there saying, hey, I bought my laptop for four hundred dollars. You're right. They do make cheaper laptops, but you get what you pay for. So anyway, thinking about that, you got to look at what you're going to use this for. Um, Are you using it for work? Are you using it for play? Are you using it for both? Are you using it for videos and reading books on and uh, responding to social media and even writing papers or doing whatever you're going to do? There's a lot of people that are super fast with their fingers and they can type with their fingers faster than they can type with their full hands on a keyboard. That being said, you can attach a Bluetooth keyboard to this, you know, spend 50 bucks on a Bluetooth keyboard, prop this up on a stand and write a paper on it. It's not impossible. They've got Microsoft Word pages for Apple. Spreadsheets, whatever you want to do, and and with the processing speed and the memory capacity, you can literally do everything you want to do on the smaller screen. And while the smaller screen may not be the best thing for your eyes and longevity, it's pretty great if you're just using it for the field season as your primary device and you don't want to carry around a laptop. I remember the first year that I carried around a laptop while shovel bombing, the laptop didn't fare very well. Um, Ended up ruining the hard drive, and uh, um, just from getting banged around because it wasn't a solid state drive, but. The newer laptops with solid state drives and things like that will be better, but um, still dust and everything, and just like moving around a lot. I'm just saying, it might be better off just to just to simply go with a phone, um, or even maybe the next tablet up or something like that. So anyway, uh, I think those are pretty much the announcements. If you want to get into the iPhone 11 and not the iPhone 11 Pro, which still gives you the increased speed and battery and screen and some new cameras, um, you can get that for 700 bucks, six ninety nine. So let me, uh, cruise back over to the, uh, screen here and look at the iPhone 11 pro. Um, if you have a phone to trade in, that's not very old. Um, you can actually get this for as low as $399, but let's say I don't have a trade in. They've got these fancy new colors, green, purple, the product, red one, um, yellow, black, white, the yellow one's kind of cool. I like that. And then 64 gig is the, uh, low one at 699 and then 128 gigabytes for 749 and then two fifty six for eight forty nine. I always suggest getting the bigger one unless you're just going to trade it in a year. So that's thirty five thirty seven a month at the major carriers or eight hundred and forty nine dollars outright. So again, got the new cameras, new sensors. Just doesn't have the third camera, but still does a lot of really super cool things. So my advice is if you're if you have an iPhone ten or one of the flavors of iPhone ten right now, um, so something in the last two years. You probably don't need to upgrade all indications from the industry are that Apple is going to make a major upgrade next year Now they kind of said that last year and the year before And then the iphone 10 was a pretty major upgrade from a design standpoint But there's a lot of cool things they're looking at. Oh and one other thing If you do buy the iphone 11 pro And I don't know if this is just for the pro or the pro, um Like the 11 or the 11 Pro. I don't know if both of them are going to have this or not, but some people have already found some hardware inside that suggests it will be able to do wireless charging off the back, like some Samsung and Android phones uh, can do right now, which basically means that you flip your phone over and then you can set your your wireless charging uh, headphones on there, like the AirPods, the new AirPod cases, wireless charging, or another phone. You can set another phone on there and it will charge that phone as long as it's of the same charging standard, which I think they all are these days. So, that's pretty cool. People are saying the hardware is actually inside the phone to actually do that now, but they haven't turned it on yet because maybe the software's not there. Maybe they're delaying it for some other reason. Who knows? But point is, if it's not turned on or in there now, it will be for the next one for the iPhone 12. If they come out with a 12 next year. Now, I've been hearing pretty solid industry updates and they've been pretty close the last few years. Ever since Steve Jobs died, they can't keep any secrets. I think it'll be interesting if they come straight, if they go straight to a 12 next year, if they just go to an iPhone 11 S, which is the usual trend, then that's typically just software and hardware again. But that's what they did this year. They had a a whole number change and then they didn't make a significant upgrade unless they thought the cameras uh, and the screen were that significant of an upgrade. But from a tech standpoint, I just don't know. It It didn't seem like that big a deal. Now, Let's jump back for the last part of the show here and talk about the um, iOS uh, 13. I installed that uh, before this podcast 24 hours ago uh, from this recording. And that's pretty cool. Uh, they've had dark mode available on the desktop version for a little while, and now there's dark mode available on the iPhone, which I think is pretty cool, which just turns all your apps into basically a darker background with lighter text. And I think that's pretty neat. The volume is finally smart. You can see it. They totally redesigned that for the first time ever. And uh, that's pretty cool. There's some extra features in there that I'm still digging into, but. Basically, if you have probably an eight plus or above, I would upgrade to iOS 13 and uh, check out the new features. If you have a watch and you want to upgrade to iOS six, usually you have to upgrade the operating system on your phone first because your phone is what upgrades the watch. So upgrade to iOS 13 and then upgrade to watch OS six. And I don't know, some of those features on the watch OS are not backwards compatible because it requires new hardware. But I did, as I mentioned on my Series Four, I did get the uh, I did get the decibel meter and that cycle tracker thing automatically download. And I'll have to look and see what some of the other settings features are for my watch. I'm willing to bet the always on display is not going to be there because that's tied to the new um, extended battery life and the bigger battery. So unless they change the operating system enough to artificially extend the battery by making the software more efficient then I might be able to um, get that. But honestly, I don't get the appeal of the always-on display. That's kind of something that the Fitbit watches and others, they're like, oh, our display is always on and it doesn't turn off. He's like, why... Why do you want it to be on? Like, I'm getting a lot of information off my watch here. And if it were just a watch and just showing me the time, sure, I don't care. But if it's bringing up text messages and emails and other things, and I'm sitting there and somebody else across the table is just looking at my watch, maybe there's stuff on there that I don't want them to see. Because when I get a notification, it doesn't actually show up until I tilt my wrist towards me and then it shows up. So. I don't really get the appeal of the always on display, but, uh, you might get that in your, uh, in your updated old watch, or definitely, uh, it will be there in your new watch. If you get the series five. Okay. Uh, one last thing I saw that Hawaii, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. The H U W E I I or whatever, um, company, they released a new phone. That's got a 40 megapixel camera. <laughs> so they're calling it like the max 30 or the pro 30 or something like that. Then their entire presentation was, you know, had the iPhone 11 next to it. So they clearly waited until the iPhone 11 came out and then put their presentation up next to it and said, look how much better we are than them. So it does look like a pretty sweet phone, totally focused on cameras, which cameras are back in the forefront of uh, phone design apparently. And, and it looks pretty neat. So if you're in the Android ecosystem, check out, uh, check out those new phones and go from there. So, All right. Well, that's going to be it for the Archaeotech podcast. Next time around, we've got a great interview coming up that our producer set up. So we'll be back to a regular schedule at that point. It's just been a little nuts this last month or so with uh, out of town and doing different things and just haven't been able to get people scheduled so if you've got a project that you're working on and there's a tech aspect to it which i don't know what project these days don't have a tech aspect to them even from like databases on up and you want to come on and just talk about it with a couple of archaeologists and you know have a chat for about 40 minutes on on something cool that you're doing then let me know chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com all right. Uh, we're also selling advertising, as you heard uh, at the first break. So um, if you're interested in that, again, the same email address, Chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Five cents a download, and you'll get thousands of them in just a few weeks. So, all right, that's it for this show. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Archaeotech podcast. Links to items mentioned on the show are in the show notes at www.archpodnet.com slash Archaeotech. Contact us at Chris at Archaeology podcast Network.com and Paul at lugal.com Support the show by becoming a member at archpodnet.com members. The music is a song called Off-Road and is licensed free from Apple. Thanks for listening. contact
1: us at chris at com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.
0: You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect